Hello and welcome to the Forward Unto Dawn podcast, the show exploring the fiction of the Halo universe. I'm David and I'm joined by my co-host Danny. And today we have a very special Hi, guest, two-time Halo author, uh, Cassandra Rose Clark. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Uh, and so we brought you here mostly to talk about well, Battleborn and the upcoming sequel, Meridian Divide. Uh, but I thought first we would start at the beginning uh, with <laughs> what got you into writing in the first place. Um, so I have always been someone who loves to write. Uh, I was writing when I was a little kid. Um, I was also really into art. So kind of coming up through high school and into college, I was sort of like, do I want to be a writer? Do I want to be an artist? And in college, I took a creative writing class, and that sort of made the decision for me. And so I just started pursuing writing from there. Um, I was taking workshops in college, um, and then I went on and got a graduate degree in creative writing. Um, and so I've pretty much just been writing consistently since then. Lots of people, especially in the creative industry, especially with writing, especially with, with art, uh, can tend to have sort of that imposter syndrome of like, oh, well, I'm just doing this for a hobby. Like, I'm not sure. When did you realize that that was something you could really make part of your career on? Um, well, I feel like that's kind of a hard question for me to answer, like give a specific answer. Um, I know I started kind of taking it seriously after grad school. So even getting into grad school was sort of a huge boost to me. It sort of legitimized it. UT Austin is a pretty tough program, as my wife tells me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty pretty well known. Um, so that was one of those things when you um, lots of people who are creative probably have gone through this, where you feel like the people around you don't really take it seriously, um, just because they're like, well, how are you gonna make money with that? And then getting into a creative writing program like the one at UT, suddenly it makes it real. It's like, oh wow, this is actually a thing. Like someone other than you said that you could do this. Um, so that was a huge boost for me. But in terms of really thinking of it as a career, that was probably um, when I sold my second book. So I sold like my first couple of books. Um, and that was like amazing. I have my first books out there. But when I wrote another book and sold it to a totally different publisher, that was what made me really feel like, oh, hey, there's actually something here. This could actually be a job for me. And what was your awareness of the Halo franchise before working on Battleborn? Um, so when I was in college, my friends and I were obsessed with Halo. Um, this was the early 2000s, and I believe the second one had just come out, maybe, but I feel like we were playing the first one at that time. But it was one of those things where in the dorm, and everybody had a copy, and if you didn't have a copy, you'd like sneak into your friend's room and play it. Um, and so it, it was a huge part of my life kind of all through college, um, just constantly playing with my friends. Um, when I was offered the chance to write Battleborn, I was really excited because I don't actually play a lot of video games. Halo is one of the few that I did actually play and was pretty involved in uh, to the point that I actually wrote a paper about it in graduate school. Um, it was about Cortana and how the the game, the game world kind of has women is sort of at the forefront of it. Um, so I was really excited of all the video game franchises to be offered the chance to write a book for. It was Halo. It was one that I did know fairly well, at least the first kind of two games. 
How did uh, how did that actually come um, about? So uh, being they, asked for so actually they just reached out to me. Um, so so there's sort of two branches with the with the books. There's the book like publisher side, and then there's like the Halo like um, three four three people. Um, and so um, the publisher actually reached out to me because she knew one of my other editors um, that I had worked with. And she said they were looking for someone who could kind of have like a science fiction background. And I published primarily science fiction and who would be able to write um, a book for the, for, the, for the franchise that would kind of bring in people who were not necessarily fans of the games, but kind of bring them in through the books and then get them to go play the games. Um, so she had, so my editor had suggested to the publisher, Hey, check out Cassandra Rose Clark. And so they really liked one of my books that I had written, um, which was Our Lady of the Ice. And so they reached out to me, just, I got a random email. I was actually at the Worldcon in Finland. So I was in Finland when I got the email, which I always remember, um, because I was in like this weird place. And then I got this crazy email <laughs> and it was like this awesome opportunity. So on that note, um, your your books are the first explicitly branded uh, young adult fiction for Halo. And what got you into young adult fiction and writing for that in the first place? So I actually kind of fell into it. Um, my first book that I ever published was actually the second book I ever wrote. Um, and I didn't write it as a YA novel. I was just like, hey, I want to write a fantasy novel. And so I wrote one. And it got picked up by this publisher along with another book that I had written that was a, an adult novel. Um, and they were like, hey, we're actually going to publish this as YA. We're starting a new YA imprint. And I was like, okay, I guess it's YA. I wasn't thinking of it like that. Um, so that was something that I did. I just kind of stumbled into it. And most of my books have actually been adult. Um, I have another YA book coming out um, next year. So I had I kind of dabbled with it. Um, but I mean, I've always, I think most people, um, have read YA. I certainly read it when I was younger. Um, I read it now occasionally. There's a lot of, um, kind of interesting YA out there for a long time. It was doing a lot of really cool genre blending stuff that I really liked. And I think I was looking up something like 50, the last number I found was 55% of young adult uh, fiction. The readers are actual adults. Uh, and that was in 2017. And I imagine it's something along those lines. And yeah. it's, it's one of the few, I don't know if genre is the right word, but one of the few uh, book mediums that's actually growing. But I think, especially when Battleborn was first announced, um, there are people who are like, wait, young adults, like kids stuff. Like, so do you think that I think young adult fiction generally has had something of a stigma. Do you think that's still a problem or if that's changed? Um, I, I, I'm not sure if it's still an issue now. I definitely noticed that when, 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 uh, Battleborn came out, I got a lot of comments from people like on Twitter who were like, I liked this more than I expected. <laughs> I was going to like, okay, thanks. But what they meant was I didn't know what to expect it being a YA book. You know, I think they, they went into it thinking it was going to be like twilight and there was going to be a love triangle and like, I don't know, a broody Spartan or something. I don't know what people were thinking. But uh, <laughs> but obviously it's not YA in the vein of Twilight. And I think I think that a lot of people just kind of had that idea that 
YA means a kind of sappy romance with a love triangle and that it's very much something it's directed at teenage girls. And so I'm an adult man and I'm not going to want to read it. Um, but YA is really just an age group. Um, it really just means these books are about teenagers and they're for teenagers. But I mean, everybody has been a teenager at some point. So there's something to get out of it, even if you're an adult now. Um, so I do feel like people are starting to realize that all YA doesn't necessarily equal Twilight, um, and that there's a kind of broad spectrum of what YA can be. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like that's that uh, that stigma that I definitely think was there. I think it is kind of starting to fade over the over the course of uh, writing these Halo books. What would you say would be the uh, the main challenges or even surprises that you've encountered? Okay, so the biggest thing, I guess, it wasn't really a challenge. This was a surprise. Was just sort of discovering how amazing the Halopedia is, which is the fan run wiki um, for for the Halo universe. Um, I. I kind of knew it existed. I never really looked at it. Um, but the the three four three people were like, "You should just check that out. They'll, it'll kind of help you with your book." And it really did. And I just it was amazing to see um, how like how dedicated the fans are, and just like the just being able to look up something fairly obscure and finding this whole article on it and all of this background. Um, and just realizing how kind of expansive the world had gotten since I had been playing it. Um, because that was one of the things I had to do. You know, I was very familiar with the first the first two games uh, and the storyline of the first two games. And then by the time I'm working on um, Blood Meridian, or sorry, uh, Battleborn, you know, we're much farther, <laughs> farther along in the storyline and a lot of things were different. So just seeing how much that world that I had been so fascinated with had grown uh, in the time I'd been away and being able to just kind of explore it through the wiki and then also just through uh, watching cutscenes on YouTube and that kind of stuff. That was really fun. Um, how much uh, in the way of, so 343 pointed you at, at the wiki uh, to give you some pointers, but how much in the way of specific details or mandates did 343 give you versus what you were able to create yourself? Like well, how much of the concept... Like right. So what they kind of did um, was they gave me like a pitch and they said, this is what we want for the book. And the pitch was, it's the movie Red Dawn, but it's set in the Halo universe. Um, that was pretty much what they gave me. <laughs> and then they're like, there has to be a Spartan in it. And I was like, well, of course. Um, so um, that was really all I was kind of working with. Now, obviously, as I was getting into the process of outlining and writing the books, uh, they kind of came back and, you know, we had to discuss canon and stuff. Um, but, you know, other than that sort of that main pitch and then also saying that they wanted it to take place around the fall of Meridian, um, those are really kind of the two main thrusts that they gave me, like mandates, I guess. Um, and everything else I got to really kind of play around with. Um, something that was really fun for me was that they actually gave me a bunch of Doc, uh, kind of internal documents about Meridian specifically that hadn't, you know, been released. There were a lot of details about the history of the world that hadn't actually made it into any of the canons uh, thus far. So I had a lot of fun taking those details and kind of working them into Battleborn and then later into Meridian Divide. Um, 
it was just like a really fun kind of world building experience to sort of take what had been planned, but not really executed yet and seeing how much I could sort of slip in. Um, so that was something they, I mean, they kind of directed me towards the wiki, I think just cause it was easy. Um, but they did give me some internal information as well that I got to work around work with. So would you say then the, uh, the canon restrictions in this case, in your case for these two stories, they weren't really restrictions that you felt a bit more liberated working within that kind of framework? Uh, yeah, so I actually, so I'm a writer that loves having restrictions. I think it's really fun to basically be told, okay, you can do this, this, and this, but you cannot do this, and see what I can come up with. And I think you you get a lot of, like, just like a creative flurry from that. So um, I, yeah, so I, I just, I, re- I actually really liked working within those canon um, kind of details. Um, and working with the canon people um, that kind of because like I would write stuff and I would be like yeah this is not possible like a teenage girl cannot fight you know <laughs> these guys on her own um, and so it was like I had to obviously pull pull some of that stuff back um, but it was fun because then it made me kind of go back and be like okay how can I reconfigure this and keep like the feel of it without you know messing with the canon and just making it whatever I want. And so uh, what was the time room? Because you got a sequel coming out to Battleborn, which in, to me seems like a really quick turnaround. Like how much time was the process from when you were initially approached to when you started writing to when you turned something in? So I was initially approached in 2017. Um, so there was definitely kind of a gap there as I was, we were working out the negotiations and I was kind of writing the original draft. Um, both the books, the drafts are both of the books I actually wrote in about a month, um, which sounds really crazy, but they only had to be about 60,000 or 70,000 words. So it was basically NaNoWriMo. Um, so it wasn't that bad. Um, <clears throat> But there, I also had to get an outline approved. So there was a lot of, especially with the first book, there was a lot of discussion with people about what exactly do we want it to be about? You know, what are the kind of the frameworks? Um, and then I had to have that outline approved. Then I have to, of course, have the draft approved. Um, and so, it, and I felt like there was a bit of a delay when they released it as well, so that they did kind of get this quick release with like Battleborn comes out and then eight months or 10 months later, Moody and Divide comes out as well. Talking about the actual books themselves um i think it's always interesting to ask writers because they they tend to give you very different answers uh (laughs) about how much of the characters are informed by either the authors themselves or people you know and um any of the characters that you relate to the most so um, I've never been a writer who really kind of bases directly on people that I know, uh, mostly because I discovered early on that can get you in some trouble <laughs> if the people <laughs> the characters are based on read the story. Um, I definitely, with this one, though, I definitely did kind of pull from my experiences when I was a teenager. Um, one of the characters in the, in the Battleborn is in a band. Um, and so I was, I wrote, I went to a lot of sort of local, like local punk rock shows when I was a ki- when I was a teenager. Um, so I was really trying to capture that vibe of like these local bands and, and just like how excited you are and how cool you feel when you go to those local shows. Um, so that really informed a lot of like the beginning where we're just sort of seeing them 
before the invasion has actually happened. I think of all of the characters, because there's four teenagers in the books, I probably relate the most to Evie, who's sort of the, like, the, sh- the nerdy one. She's like very sort of like a bookworm. Um, and that was definitely how I was in high school. So, <laughs> so she's definitely probably the closest to me. All right, with, uh, with Murder and Divide being a continuation of the story, um, I'm just wondering if there was any, any differences in the, in the writing process between the two books? Um, there, there really wasn't. Um, I felt like, you know, with each book, you kind of write it differently a lot of the times. But with this, I felt like I got a really good process down with Battleborn, um, just because of the way it is a very collaborative process. Where I'm also, you know, I'm I'm writing for myself, and then of course it's got to be approved by my my publisher, but then it also has to be approved by this whole other group of people um, who are going to be be very particular about certain details. Um, so because of that collaborative process, um, the way we kind of set it up for Battleborn, I was like that works perfectly for Meridian Divide. So that was basically kind of get an idea write a pretty detailed outline, which is something I don't normally do, um, then get that outline approved. And then once I got the approval, then I can start drafting and then send it off. And then I get feedback on Canon uh, and on just like normal story stuff, do the revisions. Um, so that process was pretty much the same for both books. How soon uh, after uh, Battleborn did they you get the go-ahead for Meridian Divide? I feel like it was pretty quickly, if not part of the original. I don't think it was that. Actually, I think it was part of the original contract that they said, yeah, we're going to have you write two two of these books, I think. Um, But if it wasn't, it was very quickly afterwards. As we head up to the release of Meridian Divide, is there a part um, or something in the book that you're most excited for people to read? Um, yeah, so um, in this one, it kind of it takes place in the aftermath of uh, the fall of Meridian. So I had a lot of fun really kind of exploring what that would look like. Um, one of the fun things about writing these books has been, what does the Halo universe look like kind of from a civilian perspective? So at one point, um, the characters have to go to the city that's been completely destroyed, um, and so writing about that and what that would look like, um, you know, from a civilian point of view, as opposed to like soldiers who have either been conditioned to deal with it or used to it. Um, that was really, that was just fun for me as a writer. Um, I also got to play around with Forerunner technology and kind of make up a new crazy Forerunner, piece of Forerunner te- tech. So I think I'm really excited for people to read about that as well. Well, that's uh, one thing they released. There's already the uh, first couple chapters, I think, of mm-hmm. uh, Meridian Divide out there. We'll put a link in the show notes so people can read. Um, but as you said, uh, the first book is these kids, like a punk rocker, nerdy people who kind of get thrown into this war. And in this book, they kind of are becoming soldiers. Um, yeah. Which is something that I don't think the as with civilian perspectives you don't aside from the spartans themselves who are definitely an atypical uh, <laughs> case you don't have uh much in the way of what it's like to grow up and start training for this kind of war 
Right. And yeah, and that was another thing that was really fun to kind of deal with because, you know, with the Spartans, like I said, they're conditioned for it. So with, uh, with these kids, there's going to be some more pushback. Um, so really thinking about how difficult that's going to be for somebody who thought they were going to have a totally different life than what they wound up with and like the questions that raises. Um, so what's it been like, uh, I guess getting back into, uh, Halo after all these years, I noticed you were at, um, you were, have been at two, I think, Outpost Discoveries, uh, this summer. So it's, it's actually been really interesting. Um, I know when I first got back into it, it was just really cool. Like the first time I heard the music, um, which that music is so like the, the chanting, um, it's just like so iconic. And I was just like, Oh my God, I remember this. Um, and so it was just like kind of a nostalgia trip for me. Um, and I went the, I went to the outpost discovery in Houston. So that's the one at the time of recording I've actually been to. Uh, and that was really, really cool. Um, because they kind of have a, I can only describe it as a halo museum setup where they have sort of models of of like an elite soldier and a master chief and of like weapons and stuff. And they're in like glass cases. And that was just really, really cool to be able to just sort of wander around. Um, and just to kind of be like, man, if you had told me when I was in college that I would be in this position to be at a, to be at something like this, if something like this would even exist, I would have been, I wouldn't have even believed you. Um, and then to be like, oh, not only are you going to be at this conference or this convention that's dedicated to Halo, you're going to sign autographs for people um, of like Halo merchandise and like Halo games that you used to play. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> which that's very surreal to me. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun and it's just been really fun kind of reconnecting with the fandom, which I wasn't super connected with the first time around it was just sort of like a local just me and my friends so it was really cool seeing how much it's affected people so what's that what's that been like then just meeting fans of of halo and just being part of that yeah i mean it's it's really cool it's just it's really cool to me because i i feel like i contributed such a very small piece of halo like halo lore you know i just wrote i wrote a couple books they weren't even that long, um, and but to, to just the way people are just like, oh, hey, wow, you're, you're a part of this thing that I love. You signed this helmet for me. And it's just like, uh, sure. But I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm as much just like a fan as you are. Um, like, I feel like we're on equal footing. Um, so, yeah, because it's just been really surreal um, and really fun. Um, and just, it's just really cool to kind of be reminded of, of how important these, like, these games can be to people. Is there any um, any other franchise or community that is like that for you? You said that you didn't really play video games after college, but like- yeah, I so like I said, I'm not really video games. I've certainly been involved in things like like Star Wars fandom. Um, I've also I've also really loved Star Trek. Um, so Star Trek is something that's always been really important to me, and that I've I've kind of been involved in that community a bit as well. All right, favorite captain <laughs> uh, Picard. Okay. <laughs> safe choice. Safe choice. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the uh, one I imprinted on was TNG. So <laughs> that was the one that you grew up on. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like that's that's usually how it, how it goes for people. Might be a silly question, but you're looking forward to the, the new Picard show coming out? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched that trailer and I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is going to be a thing. So many little callbacks and fan moments. Yeah. Really, really packed into it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. All right. And I should have looked up. When does Meridian Divide come out? It is October 1st. October 1st. All right. Well, this will definitely be out before then. So people will know and get it at whatever fine bookseller or probably just Amazon. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where people get everything these days. That's true. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course.